Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mailbag. Nothing personal. Word of the day is mailbag today. I am right now somewhere with Waldo in Africa. I mean, that's not true. I'm right now in the studio, home studio, recording a mailbag episode for you, which is being released while I'm somewhere, hopefully with the ability to tweet. I just bought a uh, a solar charger with a power bank that I'm going to have on the back of my backpack as I'm hiking through Africa that in theory will be able to charge my devices. And in theory, if there's service somewhere, I'm not sure with the gorillas in Uganda, if they have Wi-Fi there or somewhere I'm on Kilimanjaro or maybe on the Nile while rafting, whatever the case may be, I'll be uploading some videos and sort of catching you up on what's happening with me and my torn hamstring in Africa. As a matter of fact, Coca, this mailbag may be released and I will have failed in my attempt to run a marathon from the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro because right now my hamstring hurts so badly that I can't even sit here. I wish that I had, remember at CBS, you have this standing desk. It's a, it's a thing now. People want to stand so they can get their steps in or they don't get, their back doesn't hurt, whatever the case may be. I wish that I had the ability to stand and do this show right now because I'm sitting with a knife that is basically straight into my tuchus. I did not know that a hamstring starts at the tushy. Now I do. My heavens. Mailbag is when you go on to Apple. Please press follow. Please. There's a reason that Coca told me that I forgot, but there was a reason for it. Some sort of the algorithm or the metrics or the search engine. Everything's about search optimization. When you search nuff, right? We want it to be nothing personal with David Sampson comes up. Or when you search a topic like commanders, it's the nothing personal podcast with what we've talked about with Danny or baseball or whatever the case may be. In any case, if you follow, it helps. And then tell your friends about nothing personal. Do a review on Apple because also people look at that and put a question in there. We'll get to it on the mailbag if we can. Maybe we'll do it on the DMs directly on my phone when I sit around watching movies and answering people's DMs, which I try to do as much as possible. You can follow us on Instagram, David P. Sampson, the Nothing Personal TikTok channel. There's so many things that you can be doing. Are you ready? Can you do them all? Are you watching me? Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Anyway, let's go to it. Let's start. All of these mailbag shows while I'm away, they all have a theme Coca put them together. He took all of your questions. He split them up into different shows. Today's theme. What is today's theme, Coca? How would you describe today's theme? 
Well, let's just go with the first question and you can figure it out. Hello, David. Hello. I was listening to a couple of podcast episodes and I ran across you identifying yourself as a constitutionalist. And I was wondering what that meant in regards to how you came to that conclusion. Is it faith in the morals and thinking of the founders? The acceptance as it as the most, meaning the acceptance of the Constitution, as the most sweeping and overarching set of laws in the USA? Is it faith in the amendment process or something else? I've never met or asked anyone what that meant to them. So I was curious and would appreciate if you took the time to consider this question. Thank you. No, no, thank you. One of the things that we love about Nothing Personal, we're not just sports, we're culture, we're entertainment, we're politics, and we do it in a way that hopefully is not wasting your time because I don't take your time for granted and I respect the time that you allocate to us. I'm not trying to preach and to have you believe what I believe. I'm trying to have you understand both sides of every issue in sports, on and off the field, everywhere, and then you decide for yourself. When I look at the United States Constitution, and as part of law school, there was a professor named David Rudenstein. David Rudenstein taught a course called Federal Courts. It was the hardest course I ever took in law school. Part of what he did is he gave all of us a copy of the Constitution, and it was like a to-go copy. And I carried it around in my black bag throughout my career. Take the time to read it, look at it, in wonderment that all of those years ago, hundreds of years ago, People got together and said, okay, we wanted our freedom. Careful what you wish for. We got our freedom. We fought for our freedom. We're going to need a set of laws, right? A set of guiding principles. We're going to need to create some sort of rule book. When you are creating a society, when you are creating a business, when you are creating a show, when you are creating anything, the first step is, what are the rules? What's the object of the game? Have you ever bought a game like from Parker Brothers, like a board game, and read the directions? And in the beginning, there's different, there, there's written directions, and one of them says object of the game. Object of the game is to sink your opponent's battleships. Object of the game is to capture your opponent's flag, in the case of Stratego. Object of the game is to have more pairs than your opponent in Go Fish. There's an object of a game. When you are creating a society and your object of the game is to protect that freedom, to build on that freedom, and to produce a functioning society, you need laws. There are people who believe in a lawless society. Those are anarchists, although anarchists shouldn't believe in anything because they're anarchists. But let's just say they believe that everyone should be able to do whatever they want whenever they want to. It's going to be anarchy. There's a great line in a great movie about that. I can't remember what movie it is right now, Coca. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's going to be anarchy. I can't believe I can't think of it. And there's no way you're going to come up with a Coca. There's just no way. But it's I can picture the actors saying it. And I want to say it stripes... It could be Bill Murray and Stripes, actually. So they set out to write this document where they did a working session, right? And they tried to come up with 
all of the different things that are required in a functioning society. Knowing that they wouldn't be able to think of everything. And as they thought of more things, there has to be a system in place where we can incorporate those new things into the original set of rules. Think about everything that you do during the course of a day. Everything. You drive your car. You buy groceries. Can you imagine if there were no rules about buying groceries? No rules about what is in food, what food you're buying, truth in advertising. No rules on the road. Hey, you want to go? Go. We don't need stop signs. Stop signs were invented because, my God, if we don't stop at this intersection, if no one stops, there's a crash. One crash comes and they get together and say, we better come up with a rule about that. Every single thing that we see during the course of a day is the result of an action that took place that was not contemplated. Now, there's an initial set of rules. Those all happened because the people who made the rules contemplated what could happen, what would happen, but for that rule. But there's always going to be a set of things that they couldn't imagine at that moment that end up happening that then cause the next rule. I'm not just talking about searching your underwear, not being able to bring candy on a plane after 9-11 or taking your shoes off after a shoe bomber. But that's a, an example. Every amendment to every law, every creation of a new law, is as a result of an action taken in a free society that had an unintended consequence, a result that was not acceptable by the members of that community. The Constitution did the greatest job in our history of projecting issues, solving issues, but they weren't perfect. Amendments to a constitution, our constitution, don't just happen on a whim. You can't just have an amendment, right? It doesn't work that way. You don't have one rogue politician who says, I want to amend the constitution. I want to eliminate Miranda rights. Well, actually, there's now a Supreme Court that can do that. There's now a legislative branch that could do that if they wanted to. Branches of government are created in order to have checks and balances on a system. It's the same thing in sports where you've got 30 owners who can do anything they want, but you can't have one owner do anything he wants. I want four inning games, five strikes per at-bat. I want to say you have to win by two after 12 innings. Well, that's great, but does everybody want that? We don't need everybody. That's too much. How about just a majority? That's too little. How about a super majority? All right, that's good. We'll go three quarters. Think about everything. Think about the rules wherever you are. No shoes, no shirt, no service. Who came up with that? I can't eat at your restaurant because I don't have a shirt on? Are you worried that I smell, that I don't look good, that I have a bad body? What does shoes have to do with it? Oh, who decided that feet were disgusting? Enough people. There are places to go where you don't need shoes to eat. You don't need a shirt to eat. So things get created from rules that are instituted. And if those things that are created are offensive or those things don't work, they don't succeed financially, then they sort of peter out. That's capitalism. If they get bigger, larger, Maybe there's more places. We are an evolving society. 
the Constitution, I believe, is a living document. I do not believe that the Constitution that was written and as amended in the Bill of Rights and further amendments is done. There is no way that 200 years ago, anybody thought what the world would be like today. There's no way today we can understand what the world will be like in 50 years or 100 years. For crying out loud, if I knew there'd be an iPhone, I'd gone full Forrest Gump and taken the shares in Apple. There is no way to predict. Therefore, you have to have the ability to adjust. It's what we say in baseball, right? Baseball is a game of adjustments. The Constitution is a document of adjustments. And our job is to put people into power who are going to represent our interests when those adjustments need to happen to understand what those adjustments need to be and then to codify those adjustments. And by me believing that, that doesn't make me not a constitutionalist. That's a double negative. I can still be a constitutionalist and believe that the Constitution is not set in stone, done, four corners. If it's not there, it's not ever going to be there. Hard stop. Who could possibly believe that? Those are the same people who believe the rules of the road still apply when there's horse and carriage. Forget the fact that cars can go 80 miles an hour. We don't need to change the rules. You don't think the rules need to be changed once there's driverless cars? You don't think the rules change once airplanes had engines versus the Flintstone pedals? Rules change as technology advances, as society advances. I do have faith in our amendment process to make the necessary changes as we progress. Because even despite what our country looks like today, even despite the fact that everybody has taken his or her or their corner and doesn't want to look at the middle, I still believe that at the end of the day, rationality wins the day. For all of the people four standard deviations away from rationality and that is my bell curve that is my normal my normal is not you agreeing with me my normal is your being rational in your disagreement with me my normal is me being rational and understanding when your disagreement with me is right and i'm wrong my standard deviation away from rational is when people in the face of factual evidence are unwilling to listen or adjust because of a belief system they hold that is no longer applicable. That's a violation of the very democracy of the very country that was created for us. The independence that was fought for, for us. We are disgracing our founding fathers. We are disgracing those in the military those who fought for the freedom and the blanket of freedom that we are surrounded by and keeps us warm. When you are unwilling to acknowledge the possibility that change is required, I got nothing to say to you because you can't really mean it, can you? Under any scenario. I would love to talk to anyone about the Constitution as it relates to the Second Amendment, as it relates to freedom of speech, freedom of the press, as it relates to freedom of religion. I'd love to talk to anybody about the Constitution as it relates to freedom against self-incrimination, the right to take the fifth, it's called. And the reason I want to talk to everybody about everything is that 
so many times people don't think about what happened before if it doesn't impact what's happening to them now and their view is it doesn't impact what will happen to them in the future life expectancy has been the biggest problem for our planet and our society than any other issue it's bigger than gun control it's bigger than women's rights life expectancy if you know something's going to happen in 400 years and you're going to live for 75 years are you going to sacrifice something that you think helps you in your 75 years to protect something that's going to happen in 400 years hell no that's normal why would you for crying out loud how many of you can name all eight of your great-grandparents and that's three generations 400 years that's not my problem there won't even be a planet people say the whole climate change thing makes me laugh right it's exactly about life expectancy i'm gonna buy a property in miami it's not gonna be underwater while before i sell it it won't be underwater before my kids sell it if my kids 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 i'm an eighth generation descendant of thomas jefferson right no impact I'm not gonna change what i do i'm not gonna make less money right now but is it our responsibility how much of a responsibility do you feel to protect people who you don't know running a baseball team always made me think about planting the seeds for trees to grow whose shadow i will never get to enjoy i wanted to keep baseball in miami because i think baseball in miami will succeed long after i'm dead and baseball in miami will still be there whether i live to my full expectancy or not or over under whatever the case may be 120 that's what we say that's what jewish people say may you live to be 120 in the villages spoiler alert when this was recorded <laughs> okay why don't you call out the six million americans who find the nra who fund the nra or are you afraid that they are your listeners i love that question i love that you didn't say hello david i love that you're asking me why i don't specifically call out six million americans who fund the nra i love the fact that you're worried that i'm gonna lose them as listeners do you know that is the biggest issue in sports right now it is pervasive don't talk about politics you're gonna offend this is what you're taught in tv 101 if you talk politics you're gonna offend half your audience you don't want that you don't want to be MSNBC or CNN or Fox or Newsmax. You just shut up and dribble. I love talking politics. I'm not worried one bit about offending my listeners because you are listening of your own volition. If I lose you as a listener, I'm going to get four others. And if I lose you as a listener because you disagree with me, then you are two standard deviations away from rational. If you don't listen to me because you don't like my voice, you don't like what I look like, you don't like what I have to say, you don't have enough time, you're bored, you're not entertained, whatever the case may be, I'm in. If you don't listen to me because you disagree with everything I say and you don't want to hear it because you're going full ostrich in the sand, I'm not sure I even want you as a listener because that's not the makeup of the listeners of nothing personal. You want to know why I don't call out 6 million members of the NRA? Are you not listening to this show?
The NRA makes me crazy. What about the NRA bothers me the most? Not that they exist. I'm rational. I am all for organizations existing that represent the very thing that I despise. Good with that. What bothers me most about the NRA is their financial muscle and what they use to accomplish what they need to in politics. And it is totally hypocritical of me to have that view. I worked in an industry where we threw money around to get influence in politics with politicians. We gave to the right, we gave to the left, gave to the middle, gave to every candidate. It's like betting on every horse in a race. You're going to win. You may not win money, but you're going to win. And if all you care about is saying you're going to win, you bet every horse in the race. If you're trying to make money, you got to choose the right horse. You can choose a bunch of horses. You can't choose all of them. The NRA funds politicians who represent, they grade politicians who represent and speak to the policies that they have. The NRA has become a fringe organization whose sole goal purportedly is to protect the rights of American citizens to carry guns to eliminate all politicians who would like to do anything that would get in the way of your right to carry guns. Politicians who take money from the NRA have no choice but to block legislation that would do anything that the NRA doesn't want done. Do you think that they're the only organization who gives money to these politicians? You think baseball is the only organization? You think manufacturing companies, car companies. How about aviation companies? How about meat companies, meat packing companies? Do you have any idea? It's every industry. I think media companies don't give money to politicians because they want to protect their business. It is all about the money, pure and simple. But for me, the NRA is not about the money. The NRA is about holding on to a reading of the Second Amendment that I have vehemently disagreed with for so long and holding politicians accountable if they do not agree with what the NRA tells them to agree with and they can't win without the money, which means it goes all the way back to the issue that I care way more about than the NRA, which is campaign finance reform. Imagine how great it would be if politicians did not have to spend their day raising money and they could spend their time governing and figuring out ways to make our society better, figure out ways to adjust, have our society adjust to the realities of today and tomorrow without worrying about keeping their job because that's the number one worry of all of us. We're going to do whatever we have to do to keep our job. We have to support our families. We have to work. How's that for a society? Can there be a society where nobody works? But then would there be an economy? Maybe economy is the most important thing in a society. Because without money, what do you have? Hmm. Let's think about that. Maybe climate change and guns and women's rights. Maybe none of that matters as much as the economy. Maybe there's one issue voters who just vote with their pocketbooks. Who would ever do that? Now you're beginning to understand what I'm saying? When people examine what matters to them, the overwhelming majority will say their own life, their own existence, their own quality of life, protecting it, improving it, 
ensuring that it cannot be, cannot be taken away from them. You know how eminent domain started, Coca? Do you know what that is? Eminent domain is a, uh, it's the government's right to take your property. They say, hey, we want your property. We want to build highways or train tracks or stadiums. We want your property, but don't worry, we'll pay you. Uh-oh, what do we pay? Fair market value. Fair enough. How do we decide fair market value? Ah, we'll get an appraisal. Well, who's going to appraise it? Ah, we'll get three people to appraise it. Well, which one are you going to choose? Ah, we'll choose the average. I don't think that's high enough. No problem. We can go to court. The courts will decide what your property's worth. That'll be fair. Judges are impartial. Wait a minute, the Supreme Court has now become a political body. We have no belief or trust in the Supreme Court given the opinions they've been handing out recently, given the way it's become totally political and who the appointees are. Then what? Uh, we better get back to the drawing board. We better start thinking about what we're going to do because we have to have people who are confident in that their rights are not going to be taken away, their property is not going to be taken away. What a complicated, interesting world we live in. Don't we need smart people coming up with solutions? Don't we need them to have the ability to make those solutions, not looking over their shoulder, not protecting their jobs, not thinking about their jobs, not answering to people who gave them the money to keep their jobs or get their jobs in the first place? Isn't that a basic foundation of our understanding and our comfort in our country and our democracy? Is thinking that there are people taking care of things? For example, aren't you happy that the government takes care of figuring out traffic lights so that both of them don't turn green at the same time at an intersection? Doesn't that make you sort of happy? Aren't you thrilled to death that there has to be training for air traffic controllers? Isn't it amazing that food companies have to follow certain rules so that you don't die when you eat food that you think is good and it's not? On and on. I could go forever. Maybe today, while you're listening to this mailbag episode or right after, make a list. I'd like to see your top five. Tweet at me at David P. Sampson. I'd like to know the top five things that happen in our society that give you comfort. What are the top five rules, laws, regulations, constraints that give you comfort? The NRA is trying to eliminate one of the things on my top five list. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, David. Hi. I heard your request for mailbag questions, and I have a topic I'm wondering if you're willing to address. Yes, I am, because I'm reading your question. My son plays on a 7U tournament baseball team. That means seven and under, folks. The next day, Rod. Recently, during a tournament championship game, the opposing coach of the seven-year-olds, might I add, 
lost his temper and yelled at our coaches and the ump during the game because our kids were trying to get the most bases out of their hits. While it was a good competitive game, it left many of us parents with a what-the-heck-just-happened feeling. How did we get here when it comes to youth sports, and what do we do about it? I'd love to hear your insights. I'm very focused on youth sports. I love it. I love this question. Remember, we've talked in this episode about society, about rules, about rational behavior, rational thinking. In what world is it rational for a parent of a seven-year-old to yell at an umpire over a missed call, to yell at a coach, or to believe that their son or daughter is going to be a professional baseball player? Where is that on the bell curve of rational behavior? It sure as hell isn't in the middle. But what has caused this sudden increase in misbehavior? We are seeing videos all over the place. And I've always wondered whether seeing the videos means that things are happening more or just that there's more videos and it's happening in the same way, but it could never be, what's the word, Coca? Come on. Monumented? Documented. Thank you, Coca. I played Little League Baseball. I know that there were parents unhappy with umpires and coaches. I remember hearing it. But no one had videos. No one had phones. No one was posting anything anywhere. So when you think anecdotally that things are happening more now than they were later, is it only because you're seeing more now? And are you only seeing more now because there's more to see now because there's vehicles with which to see it that did not exist? Children have been living their dreams through their, strike that, four, six, nine. Parents have been living their dreams through their children for decades, centuries. I want you to have a better life than I did. I am doing everything I can in this life to make sure that you've got it easier or better. It all ties in with the start of the show, right? I'm not talking about making my life better for people in 400 years. I'm talking about making the life better of people who come right after me. The best, most pious people are willing to make lives better for people they don't know. It's still nice to make life better for people you do know. The only thing worse is making life worse for everyone who you don't know, right? That's the worst thing. That's crime, right? You make life worse for people you don't know. Youth sports has become a conduit for frustration, for the loss of people's dreams, the American dream, some could say, for the inability of people to have the life they thought they'd have, the money they thought they'd have. Youth sports was invented. Do you know why? Because there was a desire for society to have kids, healthy kids, with outlets, keep them off the streets, things to do, productive ways to spend time, teaching them life's goals, life's rules, teaching them how to be on a team, teaching them how to act, teaching them how to be, teaching them rationality. We learn what we're taught. We learn what we're modeled. 
You want to know why therapists are in business? Because so many of us are have been modeled with bad behavior or irrational behavior that we think fits into the bell curve of rationality, when in fact it doesn't, but we don't know it because we have no frame of reference, which is the whole point about what standard deviations are. You need to have a frame of reference. Somewhere along the line, it became okay to treat people with reckless indifference toward general basic social mores. It became okay to be rude. It became okay to be mean. It became okay to do wrong by people. It became okay in front of your kids, in front of your friends, in front of strangers to act in a way where people look at you and say, I would never do that, except they do. That's one of the things about youth sports that bothers me is all of the parents out there who are saying, I never do that. I don't pressure my kid. My kid just has fun. I don't ever get upset with umpires. I don't yell at umpires. Do you know that there have been 41 shootings at youth sporting events? 41. That means that there are people who go to sporting events. They're upset with the result. They're upset with the umpiring. They're upset with the coaching. They're upset with the refereeing. They're upset with the kids, whatever they're upset with. And they think, I've got an idea. I know what makes sense. We are going to shoot somebody. And you wonder why I've talked to you about gun control? I want to be specific now in my answer. And I want to try to help you. When you are watching your child in youth sports, please know that your child is not gonna be a professional athlete. Let's start with that. Please know that when you yell at umpires, forget hitting them and committing battery. When you yell at umpires at a seven-year-old game or a 12-year-old game or a 16-year-old game, what is it that you think you're accomplishing? Do you think that you're showing that you are dedicated and loyal to your child? Are you showing the other parents how much you care? Showing your own child that you want that child to succeed? Do you know that one of two things happens when you yell at the umpires? One, your child looks at you with complete disgust and embarrassment. Or two, your child looks at you and says, that's the way to do it, dad. Which one of those do you like? Just curious. Which outcome do you prefer? You want your kid growing up saying, yeah, that was my daddy. He was awesome. That was my mom. She had my back. That was my mom and dad. Oh my God, I'm mortified. I'm so embarrassed. And I'm not telling you to just sit there quietly. I'm not telling you not to cheer. I'm telling you to have some perspective. Have some recognition of what the kids are seeing with what you are doing. It's a 7U tournament baseball game. Who gives a crap? Now, I'm not saying I shouldn't take seriously what my kids do. I sat through 10-hour ballet recitals. I went to every one of my son's Little League games. I always had to sit in the corner because parents would come up to me all the time and say, hey, is my kid good? Hey, can I, do you know how many DVDs I got of kids on my son's baseball teams? Hey, will you, uh, do you want to take a look at my kid? 
I got 17 private coaches. My kid has an amazing curveball. Do you know my kid's throwing 78 miles an hour? He's only eight years old. We have projected that when he's 16, he's going to be throwing 92, and he's going to be in double A at 21, and in the big leagues at 23, free agent at 29, he's going to be rich. Okay. That's like saying when I was in my sister Eileen in high school that I'm going to win an Oscar. All right, last thing on this. Last thing, Coca. When you are in a position at a baseball game or at a youth sports event to teach sportsmanship, here's why you should take advantage of that. The reason I love sports so much and the reason that I've been honored to work in sports my whole life, the reason I love having a show, the reason I love having a platform, the reason I love the microphone and I love to talk, not because I was paid not to talk by my parents at the dinner table. No, that could have been a factor, but no. The reason I love the platform and the microphone and to talk in sports is that it is something that can be used to improve anybody's positional reference. I have the ability to get you to think about things that you don't think about. I have the ability to get you a frame of reference that you didn't know existed. Then the rest is up to you. If you want to agree or disagree with what I'm saying, if you want to change your actions, change your behaviors, or change your reactions, that's totally up to you. I can't control it. I don't want to control it. All I can control is me. All you can control is you. We can't control what other people do. But what if we were all just responsible for ourselves? What if we spent less time moralizing, less time trying to get everyone to act the way we do, and more time focused on the way we act, on the way we interact? Wouldn't it be amazing if we all had a self-regulator? If we all had like the buzzer that went off that shocked us when we were acting in a way that was a standard deviation away from rational? That won't make our society vanilla under any scenario, actually. That will help improve our quality of life. That will help improve how we interact with each other and therefore how we can interact when we're not with each other. Just give it some thought. The next time you find yourself doing something, the next time you find yourself saying something that may be not rational, Someone says to you is not rational that you thought was rational. Are you willing to consider the fact that it wasn't? Are you willing to examine yourself and say, you know what? I was wrong. I'm going to change. I'm going to do better. We'll see. That's the mailbag episode for today. I appreciate that. We're going to do another one. We've got so many more questions we're going to get to. The trip continues. The mailbags will continue. Remember. It's just business. Everything I've said to you today, it's nothing personal.